I'm Tyler Coker, and I'm your host for today's episode of Today with Tyler. I hope you enjoy. The Kansas City Chiefs are once again the NFL's scariest team because you never know what they're going to do. And every offseason, they seem to add a new target that's going to make them better. So let's break down their offseason and see what they're going to do to make themselves better this year. First, we'll begin with their free agents, whether they're notable or not. Um, key free agents are Tyron Matthew, the strong safety, who probably won't be back after they sign Justin Reed. Anthony Hitchens, the linebacker. Jerron Reed, the defensive tackle. Melvin Ingram, the edge rusher. Traverius Ward, the corner, who did not end up signing with them. Daryl Williams, the running back. Jarek McKinnon, the running back. Andrew Wiley, the offensive tackle. And Orlando Brown, their offensive tackle. So a lot of key pieces are going to be missing because I am really high on Jarek McKinnon. He showed up in the playoffs in the very end of last year. And I really like what he can do. He brings a good dynamic element to the ground game for the Chiefs. And I don't really want to see him leave. And then, of course, Orlando Brown will most likely sign a big deal since he is extremely important for this team, and he's a young offensive lineman for them to build around. Plus, they did give up a first-round pick for him, so typically you want to rein that guy back. Uh, we all know about Patrick Mahomes. I don't feel I need to go much further into that. Mahomes is seen as a top-five quarterback by most people. Uh, he's extremely good, and they don't have to worry about quarterback for a very, very long time. The wide receiver core is one of the more interesting ones because... Tyreek Hill is a top 10 wide receiver, but they kind of lack skill after that. They did sign Juju Smith-Schuster, but I don't think he's very good as a player. Uh, They didn't get much better by signing Juju Smith-Schuster, and they really need to build with another wide receiver. I would like to see him get someone like Drake London, for example, because they kind of need somebody who can play as that one. Because Tyreek Hill is very much a speed guy. If you take away his speed he isn't really as effective as a normal wide receiver one would be against a good match for them. Their tight end group is pretty good as well, obviously. Uh, Travis Kels is one of the best tight ends in the NFL. He's a top three, top four guy. Uh, They could definitely use a blocking tight end since Kels does have the drawback of not being good at blocking, but they, they do have enough to work with and they don't run enough for that to really be an issue. And talking about that run game, they need to work on it. Clyde Edwards-Alaire didn't live up to that first on selection, but in the end, he's working well enough to stay running back one. Uh, a surprise was Jarek McKinnon because all of a sudden he started playing really well, and I'm really scared if he can turn out to be a good running back and they get a running game in Kansas City. Um, the Chiefs definitely listened to that game film from the Super Bowl last year and completely read the offensive line. It worked really well. They were PFF ranked number five, and the Chiefs O-line consisted of Creed Humphrey, who was worth the first round selection that I'd project him to be, although I did want him to go to the Packers, and he was an absolute steal in the second round. The Chiefs have a top center in the entire NFL, and he's only a rookie, so they have a lot to work with there. Offensive guards Joe Thune and Trey Smith both had great years, and Orlando Brown proved to be worth the trade he required to get him. Andrew Wiley was the right tackle. He wasn't as good. It wouldn't be surprised if we saw one saw someone get put in to get a spot, potentially even in the draft. But in the end, if you're only missing a right tackle, that's a pretty good spot to be in. Moving on to their defense, it's their undisputed weakness. The rush defense was really bad. They allowed the third most yards per carry in the entire NFL. 
while that doesn't devastate a defense, as teams ahead of them are the Packers and Steelers, the Chiefs are also second-worst unit for a sack percentage, which is a little bit more important. They were only ahead of the Atlanta Falcons, who... That's not really much of a flex. The Atlanta Falcons were absolutely horrendous at pass rushing. Uh, they attempted to fix this issue over the course of the season, moving Chris Jones into the interior line and trading for Melvin Ingram, who both had great seasons. But despite their efforts, Frank Clark and Jerron Reed both had horrendous seasons, marking a major weakness for the defense. Rookie linebacker Nick Bolton had a promising season, but Anthony Hitchens and Willie Gay Jr., their two other linebackers, were exceptionally poor this year. Adding on to the weak box presence was a terrible secondary. Until their Green Bay game against Jordan Love, the Chiefs were the worst passing defense in the entire NFL, and they were still placed 26 at the end of the season, so they didn't improve that much. Juan Thornhill and Javarius Ward both had good seasons, but Javarius Ward left for the San Francisco 49ers, and their counterparts were below average, with Tyron Matthew not having a great season and Legereus Sneed struggling. And we don't even need to mention Daniel Sorensen to be able to know how he did. Look for the Chiefs to make a lot of defensive moves this year because the draft is very rich, full of defensive talent, and ultimately that's their biggest weakness. So their top five positional needs to me are defensive end, defensive tackle, corner, wide receiver, and strong safety. And an ideal draft might be something along the lines of Trevon Walker, the Georgia defensive lineman coming in in the first, although recently he jumped in a lot of big boards, including my own, so I'm not sure if he'll end up there anymore. But look for them to get someone like Jermaine Johnson or Cameron Thomas or someone along those lines who's very good and just hasn't made it there. Boye Mafe is another name to watch out for from Minnesota. In the second round, I'm drafting Ole Miss, the edge rusher. He certainly hasn't moved. He might be there. And in the third, Tariq Woolen, the UTSA corner. He also jumped up in a lot of draft boards, and I wouldn't be surprised if he was even a mid-second round pick. So it certainly might not happen that he goes there, but there will be corners available in the third round for them to draft from. And don't be surprised if they end up taking somebody who can kind of be a faster guy. And then they have a second third round pick, and with that one, I've been taking Eric Azukanma, the Texas Tech wide receiver. Because I like what he brings to the table, and ultimately his skill set is really, really nice for the Chiefs. So I want to see the Chiefs do this year in this offseason, because last year they focused solely on the offensive line, and that worked extremely well. But now will they change that and start working on the secondary or the defensive line or linebacker core and do that exact same renaissance? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if they try to do that or if they just try to get one guy in each position, because ultimately their defense is holding them back a lot. If they could even get a mediocre defense, they would be a very, very scary team. But until then, they're relying on their offense. The Denver Broncos finally made that big push for a quarterback that they've been needing for a really long time. So let's break them down and see what they can do to keep improving, because ultimately, they are very close to winning a championship. Let's get into it. First, we'll begin with their free agents. Their free agents include Kyle Fuller, the corner, Melvin Gordon, the running back, Bryce Callahan, the corner, Kareem Jackson, the strong safety, Teddy Bridgewater, the quarterback, who doesn't matter anymore, and also signed with the Miami Dolphins, and Bobby Massey, the offensive tackle. So not terrible, but ideally they could bring back some of those pieces. Their offense has desperately needed a franchise quarterback ever since Peyton Manning left, and boy did they get it. Russell Wilson is now a Bronco, and I think it's going to be a very good fit, because 
now he actually has an offensive line and he has more weapons than he did before and a very strong running game, which I'll get into. So their wide receiver loom is absolutely ridiculous and they didn't give up any wide receivers to actually get Russell Wilson. They still have Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Tim Patrick, which is just ridiculous. And their tight end room has some room for improvement because they did trade away Noah Fant. But overall, and I'm going to say this wrong, Albert Okwebunum is still a good tight end, and I apologize that I got his name absolutely wrong. Um, Adding to the deadly nature of the passing game, especially with Russell Wilson, is the running game, which is very effective. Javante Williams is the breakout rookie that I expected him to be, and honestly, he did a really good job winning me my fantasy league this year. Uh, Melvin Gordon is still retaining his abilities, but realistically, he won't want to be back because Javante is sprouting and Melvin Gordon still wants to be running back one somewhere. Those two, if he does come back though, make for quite the run game, and they're always fresh and extremely powerful. Surprisingly, their O-line was ranked below average this year, with Garrett Bowles being their left best lineman at left tackle, but both their starting guards landed on IR by the f- end of the year in Dalton Reisner and Graham Glasnow, but neither were phenomenal when they were on the field. Center Lloyd Cushenberry III improved dramatically this year, but still performed significantly below average, and right tackle Bobby Massey had a decent season to anchor the opposite side of the line. So, one of their biggest needs for this offseason will most likely be that offensive line, just because... When you get a new quarterback who has so much potential to be the franchise-chasing guy you want him to be, you have to protect him. And so, don't be surprised if they make a lot of offensive line moves, especially at guard and center. Their defense is punishing, however. They were top 10 secondary during the season, and their corner death is loaded if they can re-sign everybody. They have starting caliber corners in Pat Sertan II, their first-round rookie, Ronald Darby, Bryce Callahan, and Kyle Fuller, the former All-Pro from Chicago. Justin Simmons is one of the best young safeties in the game, but unfortunately his counterpart and strong safety is Kareem Jackson, and he wasn't quite as prolific this year. Looking at their box is a little bit underwhelming, as they were about average against the run and pass rushing as well. Bradley Chubb had a rather unexpectedly poor year, getting him ranked last out of 114 edge rushers by PFF, which isn't a very good sign. Although PFF grades aren't perfect, being last is usually a really good sign that you had a bad season. Malik Reed followed suit, having a self poor 2021, and although it wasn't quite as bad, it still wasn't good. Luckily for those two, the rest of the linebacker corps picked up their slack, as both Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson had phenomenal seasons as inside linebackers. They had to carry the entire box, though, because Shelby Harris, who got traded away, Deshaun Williams, and Draymond Jones all did poorly as a defensive line. They need significant line improvements to really make a Super Bowl push since, although they do have such a fantastic offense, they also need a fantastic defense because not only are they fighting a tough division, once you get in the playoffs, the AFC is so hard to win. And there's so many good teams, and you really need skills all over the defense to win and take over the AFC because it is absolutely stacked this year. So written out, I kind of have their top positional needs in defensive end, linebacker, defensive tackle, offensive guard, and offensive tackle. And then ideally they could also get a center, maybe even Alec Lindstrom, but we'll see. An ideal draft is something around um, 
they don't have a first round pick this year um in the second i would hope that they could pick up an edge rusher maybe drake jackson maybe boy mafe more realistically cameron thomas or someone who fought, fell a little bit i don't know who's gonna fall just because it's hard to see what the nfl sees but they do need an edge rusher they do need outside linebackers i could see him taking my Jai sanders from cincinnati he's one of my favorites in the third, I'm taking Abraham Lucas, the Washington State offensive tackle. And then also in the third, Haskell Garrett, the Ohio State defensive tackle. So they have trenches that they need to work on, but all their skill positions are so good. And as we saw this year, offensive line can be ignored a little bit if you want to go to the Super Bowl. So Russell Wilson has succeeded without an offensive line, and now he has a better team around him and a better offensive line. So I'm excited to see what they do. I'm mostly going to do a film breakdown of it at some point. And let's get excited for this AFC West Smackdown that we're going to see every single week when a divisional game plays. The Los Angeles Chargers, to me, are one of the more intriguing teams in the entire NFL. They have a lot of talent to work with, are very young, and ultimately have so much room to work with since they do have head coach Brandon Staley, who I've broken down before. But their division is kind of a powerhouse now. So let's look at the Chargers and see how they stack up with the rest of the division and see what they can do to continue to improve off of what has already been a great offseason in only the first week. We will begin once again with their free agents. So their free agents include Linville Johnson, Joseph, the nose tackle, Chris Harris, the corner, Mike Williams, who they re-signed, Jared Cook, the tight end, Uchenna and Wosu, the linebacker, and Kaiser White, the linebacker. So I don't see these as pressing because they did resign the most important one in Mike Williams and they got JC Jackson instead of Chris Harris, so they can let him go and they got Sebastian Joseph Day instead of Limbo Joseph. So ultimately, they did a lot to take over those free agent spots instead of resigning them, which is a really good idea. So let's get into their offense. Justin Herbert is already a top 10 quarterback and you can argue that he's top five potentially over Joe Burrow. So there's no need to worry about quarterback for a very, very long time. All you have to do is keep him happy and keep him healthy, and you will be a very good franchise for a long time. And he certainly has reasons to be happy right now. Both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are good, and Williams is finally living up to that hype that he got in his draft scouting. Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer, they both did well in their stead with the team when they were kind of struggling with injuries and COVID, but in the end, the passing game works through Allen, Williams, and a mixture of Jared Cook and Austin Eckler. Jared Cook wasn't necessarily good, but as a tight end, he works for now, and they certainly should look to upgrade the tight end position. Ideally, they could get a fresh one for next season, maybe even in the draft with someone like Trey McBride or Isaiah Likely, or maybe even Jalen Weidermeyer. Um, Austin Eckler is a really good outside running back and a great receiving option as a running back, but they really can't run it up the middle and in between the tackles as well with Austin Eckler. I like to see him take a Camara Ingram type approach like how they did in New Orleans here in Los Angeles. Um, as we'll hear a little bit later in an interview, someone like Ronald Jones might be a great fit where you can run it up the middle and just kind of smash mouth your way through and then bring in Eckler to be a better pass catching running back. For now, I'll credit their offense and hope that they can build off that and I'll credit them for their offensive success at the line positions. Their entire left side of the line has absolutely flourished since last season. Rashawn Slater is one of the best first-rounders of the entire 2021 NFL Draft, and Matt Filer and Corey Lindsay both combined to be competent at the line as well. Uh, it's weak on the right side, especially at right tackle, and they released their 
actual right tackle in Ryan Balaga, and that played a major role in their failure to defeat the Raiders, where Max Crosby plays almost exclusively on the right side of that line, and so he's just been tearing him up. They need to improve the right, especially right tackle, if they really want to find some more success next year. And ideally, Storm Norton also would be off the team because, man, watching some of his tape against Max Crosby really was just embarrassing. Going into their defense, I broke down a lot of their woes, but they've done a lot to change them. Derwin James and Joey Boso aside, their team wasn't very good until they traded. They traded for Khalil Mack for only a second and a sixth. They signed J.C. Jackson to be a lockdown corner and let Estante Samuel be a little bit more of a developmental rookie. And then, of course, they brought in Sebastian Joseph Day, who played for Staley in Los Angeles Rams when they were the number one defense in the entire NFL. So, clearly, Brandon Staley has control of the personnel now. And it's going to work very well. So, yes, I would like to see them get a lot of linebackers because Drew Quint Tranquil, Kaiser White, and Uchenna and Wosu weren't able to make any impact on the ground game, but when you have a good defensive line like what they have, it doesn't matter as much. I personally would also like to see them get a new free safety because Nasir Adderley isn't the greatest fit for the system, and ultimately, I'd like to see a better free safety in general. So, ultimately, they've done a great job with their defense. Brandon Staley has done a fantastic job this offseason so far, and I'm actually really excited to hear, see the Chargers play, which never happens, especially since it's the Chargers. But for now, their team needs could be defensive end, defensive tackle, right tackle, corner maybe in the later rounds, and linebacker, which is probably higher up now. And then an ideal draft might be something along the lines of getting a linebacker like Nicobe Dean or, if you're lucky, Devin Lloyd in the first, and then in the second, getting someone who can play that defensive line position that they haven't already filled, maybe someone like Devontae Wyatt or DeMarvin Leal. And then in the third, getting someone like Justin Ross from Clemson. He's a wide receiver who I think I've explained before. He fell drastically down the depth charts and big boards just because he got an injury earlier in the season. So Justin Ross was a first-round potential, and I think he could unlock that with Justin Herbert throwing to him and being the wide receiver three. So in the end, the Chargers are in a really good spot this year. And as long as they can get a right tackle and preferably also a right guard, they're going to be a very good team and are really in for the slugfest of the AFC West. Thank you for listening to the Los Angeles Chargers. I'll be back again. And enjoy an interview with Pranay Duper, who is a really avid Chargers fan and is very analytical of the Chargers. And not only that, he called the J.C. Jackson trade, and most importantly, he called the signing of Sebastian Joseph Day, which is probably one of my favorite and most underrated signings of the entire offseason. So enjoy his interview. And- All right, we have Pranay. Welcome. I'm sorry for your loss being a Chargers fan. Hey, it's okay. <laughs> At least it's not Washington. I'm going to rip my hat. And uh, we don't have Carson Wentz, so that's really good. <laughs> All right. Well, take us away. <laughs> All right. So this past week, the best W's of my like week were on Monday because the Chargers, like this past week, the Chargers have like done, they've been really aggressive. Tom Telesco is actually going all in, even like, like at the beginning, like he said, oh, there's no such thing as like a rookie quarterback window. So like that got me worried, but he's actually going all in. Starting off with Khalil Mack, that completely surprised me because like I didn't expect that and only for a second. So you could still, you still have your first rounder. They took like on the cap, but on top of that, they got JC Jackson 
and Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Joseph. I think that's his name. Well, oh, well. Yeah, that's his name. All right. So people are looking at JC Jackson, but I think like I-, I was like really happy. Like people aren't as happy, but Sebastian Joseph Day and the other D tackle are like really like important signings because last year, if you know anything, like if you've seen any game, if you saw the Raiders Chargers game at the end, <laughs> they cannot stop the run at all. Uh, they're like number thirty ranked, so like, um, yeah, that like I was really happy. But like at the beginning of the season, I had J C Jackson on my like board. I had um Sebastian Joseph Day, but I thought they'd only be able to get one. But here you go, you got Khalil Mack. Like the 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 D line in nickel is now it's Joey Bosa on the left, mm-hmm. and you got Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Joseph, and then you got Khalil Mack. That's like really an improvement from last year. When we had um, Joey Bosa would be double and triple every time. And then you had Jerry Tillery, who's like complete ass. <laughs> he can't block for run at all. And then, uh, oh, uh, the depth signing for Christian Covington, I think. Like, that's overlooked, but I think the D-line's a lot better. And, uh, like, before free agency, I think the Chargers were looking to draft a, a D-line in the first round, but I don't think that's the case now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think... Yeah, I'm really happy with free agency. Um, I think where we can go from here is I think the needs are right tackle and RB2 because Austin Eckler, like there was a report, like he said like last year, by the end of the season he had lost 10 pounds because um, <laughs> like, he was overworked. Yeah, it's like really bad. So like, like Eckler, like if you watch the game, like he struggles mm-hmm. like because he's not like... When he first broke out in his, like, breakout season, he had Melvin Gordon, and I think that really worked well. Like, we could get Melvin Gordon back, but I think that's unrealistic. Yeah. But that's why I think Ronald Jones or Marlon Mack are the key candidates. Because we, they have 15 million effective, like, left. So you could easily get that. Sign, like, some vet, right tackle. Um, There's Lyle Collins, but I feel like he would be expensive. Yeah, Morgan Moses would be a cheaper option. Yeah, but I think the Ravens got him. Oh, did they? Yeah. I, I wanted him at the beginning, but I, I think he got signed somewhere. Yeah, they yeah, got him. Yeah, the Ravens wow. got Morgan Moses, so that was sad. But uh, I don't remember like who's available, but there's like a couple that you could get, and I think you draft the right tackle. Um, but yeah, I'm happy Belaga's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Belaga played half a game last year and was out the entire season, and he was set to be paid $10 million this year. Holy I think cow. he's he's played like four games in two seasons. Yeah, he's like he's he should retire. Seriously, that's it's those kinds of guys that are just so di- disappointing because you're like, well, what do we even yeah. do with you? Because like, you're like old, but like like you're used to be good, but like there's no point in keeping you. So no, you're garbage. Yeah. I mean, I guess he got away with from it, but yeah, your guys is like trades and stuff have been insane because yeah. you got Mike Williams and like yeah, it was twenty million, but he kind of earned it last year. Yeah, I think, like, um, like that last game, if you see, like, he was hurt, but every fourth down Justin Herbert threw was to Mike Williams. And if you remember, like, if you watch any Rivers games, like, you like until then, like, you know, like, any clutch moment, the ball, whose who's hands, like, who, who, who catches the ball, like, in the crucial moments is Mike Williams every time. Dude. Yeah, honestly, like, I was kind of worried that he was going to go somewhere else and you guys were going to be in another wide receiver, like, yeah. drought. But 
don't know. I was kind of impressed by your depth with Guyton and Palmer. I don't yeah. know. Like, they were fine for a wide receiver three. Yeah. And then Williams and Keenan Allen is a really good one, too, punch. Yeah. So, like, um, there was, like, one game, pa, Keenan Allen was out. I think Mike Williams was, too. Like, Palmer slides into Keenan's role. And then you have Guyton, who regularly, like, plays a wide receiver three because he's a deep threat. So, yeah. like, a lot of... I think it was, like, the Giants game last year. Like, like uh, most of the, like, big plays... Like, there will be some Mike Williams in clutch moments, but Guyton got our speed. But I, I could see them, like, because this, 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 this draft receiver class is, like, fast, so I could definitely see them, like, I don't know about the first because I think right tackle is more important, but I could see them, like, in the fourth, maybe, like, drafting a receiver for speed to compete with Guyton. Yeah, I mean, if you're just talking, like, pure speed and, like, depth-wise, mm-hmm. this wide receiver class is yeah. absolutely insane. And more guys just keep popping up where they're like, well, this guy's insane. He's, like, a first-round talent, but he's going in the third because yeah. that's what, the kind of year we have. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Like, you're not going to get your wide receiver one this year, mm-hmm. but if you need a two or three, yeah. you can draft in the fourth and get it. Yeah, we need, like, the three because you have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Like, it works. You just need, like, consistent speed because Guyton has speed, but he has a lot of drops. And, like... Um, like when they would ever use him for anything besides a deep threat like move, he was kind of like garbage. So mm-hmm. You need someone like with a little more versatility. Like I'm, he's not bad. I'm happy with having him because he he he'll show up. Like there's like some insane like sixty yard like, that sixty yard touchdown was guy. But like someone who's a little more versatile, you, you they can compete. Yeah, I'd be interested to see if Brandon Staley takes anything from Sean McVay's offense that he saw this year. Yeah. Because, like, he is probably so familiar with yeah. Sean McVay at this point that, like, I don't know who your offensive coordinator is off the top oh, of my head. Oh, it's Joe Lombardi uh, from oh. the Saints. Yeah. Okay. So then you'll probably be more creative in the Saints kind of fashion than mm-hmm. the Rams fashion. Yeah. So then you probably want another running back. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. I, they've been, like, last year after, like, like, many press conferences, they were like, Oh, we're waiting for our RB2 to step up. And, like, they've drafted two running backs in the last two drafts. So they have Joshua Kelly and Roundtree, but both of them suck. So, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but, like, Kelly fumbles in every important, like, moment. And both of them are inconsistent. And then Justin Jackson's a free agent. He was, like, he's decent, but, like, he's always hurt. So, I def like, they recently restructured Mac. So I definitely see them, because... There's the Fournette's still on the market. Uh, they're not getting him, but the the more they wait out, the the more cheap that the running backs will get. And I easily could see them Marlon Mack or Ronald Jones like easily. I could see them like one to three million, like in like the next two weeks. I definitely see a RB two coming. Yeah. So Ronald Jones, you've talked about a lot, and yeah, that's one that I've been like seriously contemplating. But I forgot about Marlon Mack entirely. Yeah. Like if you could get someone like Marlon Mack mm-hmm. for he's gonna be worth nothing. Yeah. Because they never use him out there yeah. in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. So you just put him on... Oh, man, you put him on this team. You are, yeah, because we... So good. Um, like, the reason we need the RB2 is because if you if you watch Austin... Like, I talked about this earlier. Eckler's breakout season, him and Melvin Gorman were, like, 1-2. Like, they would, like, mm-hmm. trade the amount of times they were in. And then uh, sometimes they're both on the field. And then Eckler's, like, he's known for a, as a receiving back. And, like, in certain statistics, he's actually better than Christian McCaffrey or, like, Kamara. And, like, in this new offense, like, because of Lombardi, he's essentially playing in Kamara's role. But yeah. you need, like, the Saints always had, like, an RB2. So, like, I, and you've drafted two in a row, and they're not working. So, I don't think you waste another pick. You just, like, go and pay a veteran for cheap. And I, I think that's what they're waiting on. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. Honestly, I really like. I've been a big fan since before I even started like analyzing football. Mm-hmm. I was always like, man, that Camara Ingram like one yeah. two punch is so insane. Yeah. So bringing that to LA, man, I don't want to see that because. <laughs> but then again, let's talk about it. The AFC West is like crack now. Yeah. Like, how do you feel as a Chargers fan getting like this high of like a Monday? Yeah. And then immediately seeing, like, the Broncos get Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. Devontae Adams to the Raiders, the yeah. Chiefs to the Chiefs. Yeah. So, I, like, I was like, wow, like, they could make a run this year. But now, like, my expectations are a little more level because <laughs> I see Chandler Jones on the Raiders. And then, and then um, did, didn't the Broncos sign someone? Yeah, they oh, got Gregory, the, right? Yeah, they yeah. got Randy Gregory. And then, and then you look at the right side of the Chargers line, you have, like, yeah, you have Storm Norton and oh God, Michael Schofield starting. And again, I'm going to go back to that Raiders game. Um, Max Crosby bullied like the hell out oh of um, God, Storm, Storm Norton. Like, they could have won that game if they had any, like, any slightly better. Like, he's not bad depth, but, like, that last game, he got bullied. So, like, yeah, they, they need a right tackle. <laughs> I was watching some film breakdowns from a couple of years ago, and it was Storm Norton getting roasted by another edge rusher. I forget yeah. who it was, but he was on a different team. I think he was on the Broncos at that point, and still getting roasted at right yeah. tackle. And then I was watching Max Crosby's tape from my breakdown, mm-hmm. getting roasted. And I'm like, yeah. man, this guy sucks. I even yeah. roasted him in the Max Crosby video. Like, yeah. this guy cannot play right tackle at a level. Yeah, so <laughs> I think, like, like they, they went all in on defense. Last year, they went all in on offense, but the problem was Belago. So, you, like, they need to solve the right tackle problem this year. Like, you don't want, like, like Herbert to turn into Andrew Luck or Joe Burrow. Like, Joe Burrow, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure he got her at the end of last season, too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he got surgery. Like, they need to they need to solve the right tackle problem this year. Yeah. Because it's been two seasons of Norton. It's not, <laughs> not good. So, luckily, right tackle, especially in the third where you guys do have your pick, mm-hmm. is, like, pretty solid. Because yeah. offensive line in the first two rounds is, like, kind of, week this year yeah that's last what I've year this first one and two rounds of last year was mm-hmm. just insane and yeah. i'm a big guy on like the trenches and defense mm-hmm. and so i've always been high on like drafting the trenches early getting your obviously washington went yeah. like d-line for four years in a row mm-hmm. like that's what i'm used to that's what like i like to see in a team yeah there were so many last year when i'm off drafting for the first three rounds right mm-hmm. this year there's nothing for like the first two rounds you get past trevor penning uh-huh. Who's probably going to go in, like, the top 15. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was seeing. And then there's nobody until, like, Nicholas Petit-Frere from Ohio yeah. State. And that fool got destroyed yeah. by Aiden Hutchinson. Wait, was that at the senior day? Or, like, the uh, That was the... the who was the guy? Who, like, I saw, like, they were showing film for a tight end, but, like, some, like, tackle got completely destroyed. It was probably him. It was oh, either yeah. him or Falele. Because, oh, no, I think it was him. Yeah, because Falele is like 6'8", 400 pounds, mm-hmm. but like has no technique and stands yeah. up really tall. Mm-hmm. And so anyone just gets underneath him and just pushes him over. <laughs> and then you see it because it's a 6'8", yeah. dude, getting yeah. decked. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys definitely have a lot of opportunities because mm-hmm. even if like Daniel Falele or Nicholas petit Frere or Abraham Lucas don't work out and they fall to you in the third, mm-hmm. like, you can move them to guard. Yeah. Because they're all big guards, and I don't think you've pulled that much. Like, you guys don't seem like a big pulling team where yeah. you pull your guards and need them to be super athletic. Yeah. So you have that, like, ability to play it safe. Mm-hmm. And if something happens, like the Raiders, where they pick Alex Leatherwood and then he sucks, yeah. like, you can move him to guard. Mm-hmm. And 
don't even get me started on Alex Leatherwood. Yeah. Man, I hated that pick so much, and I'm right about it because it's yeah. horrible. But like, like, I was expecting him to slide. Like, I think there was another like uh, tackle on the because I looked, there were like four. Yeah, there was like <laughs> other tackles that they could have gotten because like I don't know much about college football. I'll be honest, but like I was looking like because the, the Chargers needed a tackle last year. And I didn't think Slater would fall, but he did. But like there was other options that the Raiders could have gotten. And they chose like the worst option. And Elijah Vera Tucker at guard too. Yeah, yeah, that's but. yeah. Man, they are really foolish. But all right, so aside from your D line's really strong now. I mean, I'd love to see you guys get another end, and yeah. that could even be Demarvin Leal if he falls in the third. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, he plays both, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's one of those guys who, to me, is perfect for Staley's system. Yeah, because he's listed as a DT mm-hmm. in like most big boards. But when you read his scouting report and you watch some like college fo- football, so hard to find film on. Yeah, but what I do find on him. Like, he'll play end and defensive tackle. So, like, he'd fit perfectly where Tillery is. Yeah. Yeah, because, um, yeah, they need, a they need like, a D tackle. Because, like, right now they have Joseph Day, Johnson, and then Covington. Like, because I don't trust Tillery. So, I think you need, like, a fourth, like, depth guy. Yeah. And then for ends, they have, um, they have Chris Rumpf. I think they drafted him, like, late last year. And, like, he has potential. Um, but I think they should resign. Kyler Fackrell, because, like, he's had a uh, good history in uh, Green Bay and New York. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, I could, like, later in the rounds, like, someone who has, like, special teams also, yeah. like, I think they could draft, like, someone else. But Rumpf last year, um, like, he, he came in and he, like, he's good on special teams. So, like, and he's behind Mac and Bosa. He gets to learn from both of them. I feel like he could, like, definitely, uh, like, make some progress, but they could also draft someone later. Yeah. Um, and then, so looking at the draft, I, you probably don't study it as yeah, rigorously as I have, but what do you, as a fan, what do you want in that first round? Cause a lot of times like you might have a more pressing need statistically, mm-hmm. but in the end, the fans want what the fans want. Yeah. And so if you're pushing, obviously you aren't, but if you're pushing for a wide receiver in the first and you get like a linebacker, which would be my pick, like you want the Chargers to get a linebacker? Maybe. Cause it depends how it falls out. If oh, Devin okay. Lloyd's there. Yes. If you're. Picking up Chad Muma? No. Oh, because right. <laughs> I don't want them because to get a linebacker. Because the thing is, they they're letting go of Kaiser White. They haven't resigned mm-hmm. them yet. I, like if you look at his stats, like last year he was good. The reason they aren't resigning him because they have I don't know how to pronounce his name, but his name's like Eamon Ogbog. I don't know how to say his name, but uh, he's on the roster. And then they have oh man, yeah, Eamon Ogbong Benmiga. Have, that's horrible yeah, they have him they, like they seem to trust him and Nick Neiman like Drew Tranquil is good but mm-hmm. then they also they traded up they, they traded second and third to move, come back in the first for Kenneth Murray and that's why uh, they're letting go of Kaiser White mm-hmm. so like if they drafted another linebacker I'd be pissed because like you could have just resigned Kaiser White yeah but um yeah so I think like logically it should be right tackle yeah but I want like a speedy receiver because like like you see herbert like you see his arm like imagine like like jameson williams or Traylon burks like imagine like herbert with them like plus keenan allen and mike williams like you have speed and then yeah like i like, that's what i want but i could i would be happy with the right tackle because that's like a pressing need because given like the raiders got chandler like all the dns in the, a- the afc west are like crazy now so <laughs> You like a right tackle is like the the biggest need on this team right now. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of free agents that are like worth it, but it's gonna be tough to find like a free agent to fill that spot. So yeah. Yeah. So if right tackle falls to you, that would be awesome. Yeah. But in the case that it doesn't, you'd go with a, like the fast guys. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but I like there's Lyle Collins and uh, like they they cleared up cap and they could pay him because they have 15 right now and I think is like I think he's looking to get 10 to 12 a year. I think I'm not sure it could be more, but like but the reports are saying like he's met with the Bengals, so I could see him yeah. going there. But yeah. uh, cause he also has like he I think he tried to bribe a like a drug dude. Oh yeah, he was yeah. Getting tested and he was like bribed, so I could see him like not coming, but like who knows. Yeah, I, fr- I totally forgot about that. He was suspended yeah. for, like, yeah. what, four games or something yeah, like that? Yeah, because he, he tried to, like, he tried to bribe the, the dude. Yeah. <laughs> but I definitely think Jameson Williams is realistic. Yeah. Cause, and he, between him, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, one of them's going to be there. Yeah. Because there's no way those three go. Like, Garrett Wilson, he's not going to be there. Yeah. But, like, anyone after that, mm-hmm. there's a solid chance. Yeah, there's, like, there's, like, Three guys, that the ones that you named, that they could get. So, yeah. I don't know. It'll be exciting to see. Yeah. All right. Any more wishes for free agency at all? Like, obviously, Leo Collins is a dream. But, like, if you're looking at it, aside from Leo Collins, is there anyone else that you're like, oh, man, I really want the Chargers to sign this guy? Well, my number one is Ronald Jones. Like, I'm pushing for that. Like, I don't know if it'll happen. Let me think. Um, they have 15... Like, I would want them, I think they should get Kyler Fackrell, or, yeah, they, I think, like, they should resign him, and then, uh, who's the corner? I, I, because right now, so they have three corners, but, like, if one of them gets hurt, they're back to, um, they're back to, to this guy, Tavon Campbell, and he gets fully, <laughs> like, help, so, like, I don't want him starting, so, who, who's the guy... That one from the Bears and signed with the Broncos for Kyle time. Fuller. Yeah, Kyle Fuller. Yeah, like, like he could be cheap. He has like um, history with Staley. Like, uh, Staley actually called like to get him last year, but then the Broncos threw ten mil at him. Yeah. Um, like he's not like good, but he's a vet, and he could def like because I don't want to see Tavon Campbell starting. Like he's horrible. All right. Well, that was actually like an insane breakdown of the Chargers. So thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, thanks for coming on. All right. It was nice having you. Thank you. All right. The last team to break down at the AFC West is the Las Vegas Raiders, who are in a really interesting spot where we don't know if they're going to go all in or if they're going to start to lay back after this year. So let's get into what they're going to do this offseason and the big trade they've already made. Once again, we'll begin with their free agents. Their free agents include Nicholas Morrow, the linebacker, Jonathan Hankins, the defensive tackle, Marcus Mariota, their backup quarterback. KJ Wright, linebacker, Casey Hayward, corner, Zay Jones, who got signed away, Desmond Trufant, the corner, and Gerald McCoy, the DT. So a lot of defensive spots are going to be missing. Let's get into their offense, though. First of all, they need to bring Derek Carr back and not trade him, unless they want to completely restart. Derek Carr is extremely good, and now that he has Devontae Adams to throw to, he's going to be even better. Although they do lack a wide receiver behind Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, Ultimately, it doesn't matter because you have Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro. Derek Carr is going to have a lot to throw to, especially with Darren Waller being his tight end. And so I wouldn't worry as a Raiders fan in terms of passing game. They have a lot to work with in the passing game and are really good. Not to mention their running back depth is pretty decent as well. 
Their run game is sort of hopeful, but sort of not. Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, and Peyton Barber are all pretty good, with especially with their receiving upside, but they still were a bottom five rushing unit in the entire NFL. They would definitely greatly benefit from an offensive line overhaul since they were ranked 28. Their left tackle, Colton Miller, had a great season and surprised many of us, being ranked by PFF as the fifth offensive tackle in the entire NFL. Well, he probably wasn't the fifth offensive tackle in the entire NFL. That's still a really good sign that you have a guy there. Uh, certainly, that's where it ends, though. Moving from left to right, we have John Simpson, who did poorly, and he was a backup to Richie Incognito, who, for those of you who know who he is, he's such a raider. Offensive center Andre James improved, but not enough to warrant being a true starter, and his run blocking was an extreme weakness, which isn't ideal considering the Raiders like to run. Now it's my time to attack the Raiders' first-round pick that surprised me greatly in Alex Leatherwood. Alex Leatherwood was seen as a mid-second-round prospect last year, and there were countless offensive tackles and guards before him. But somehow, the Raiders decided that the 17th overall pick should go to somebody who wasn't even good enough to be a first-round pick. There are countless tackles that shouldn't be picked over him, and Elijah Vera Tucker was sitting there, but instead, they drafted Alex Leatherwood and made him a guard, and he wasn't even good at being a guard. He was horrible. That is absolutely t- terrible, but in the end, the Raiders are going to Raider, and they don't have a first-round pick to mess up this year. So, that's good, I guess. And finally, right tackle Brandon Parker, who also struggled with both the pass and the run to anchor the right side of the line. So, aside from left tackle, they really need to start over with their offensive line, because they have nothing there. Although, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a little bit of an increase in production in their run game, because they're going to change from a zone scheme to a little bit more of a man-gap scheme, where that's where Alex Leatherwood's going to be a little bit better, and potentially the other linemen as well. So they do have some room to improve, but we're going to see what Josh McDaniels can do with his offense. Going to their defense, the selection of Trayvon Morig was actually a great steal and a successful pick. So if we just switch their first and second picks in the last year's draft, honestly, they did pretty well. The Raiders became an above-average secondary thanks to Morig and Casey Hayward Jr. Their counterparts, Jonathan Abram and Trayvon Mullen Jr., however, weren't very good. Abram was especially bad in coverage, which isn't really what you want. They could use some backup in the secondary, but at least they weren't below average once again. They weren't helped out by their pass rush either, which aside from Max Crosby, who I hated on last year and broke out a little bit this year, and I broke down an earlier film breakdown, they couldn't get the job done in the box. Their box was okay against the run as a unit, but they have a lot of room for improvement. Yannick Nagakwe had his worst season by far and is now in the trading block because they signed Chandler Jones, and defensive tackles Jonathan Hankins and Quentin Jefferson struggled bringing any interior pressure, which is why I had them taking Christian Barmore in the first last year anyway. They were backed up with below average but workable performances at linebacker, with the core of Denzel Perriman, KJ Wright, and Divine Diablo, who was a rookie cornerback who or linebacker who just can't cover. The defense needs overall improvement, especially at D-line, if they want to stand a chance against the growing threats of their division, and I wrote that line before they even traded for everybody. So, they have a lot of work to do on defense, because their offense, quite honestly, I don't think has the firepower to stand it. 
but their defense doesn't either. So they have a lot to do, and let's get into their picks and potentially a draft. So some key needs are offensive guard, wide receiver maybe, but now that they have Devontae Adams, that's going to fall down on the list quite a bit. Defensive tackle, strong safety, and right tackle. So offensive line, once again, and some defensive pieces as well. Not to mention Casey Hayward didn't come back. He went to the Falcons, so they also need a corner now. An ideal draft, they lost their first and second round picks. So it just comes down to what are you going to do with that third round pick for you guys. And so is it going to be a guard like a Smith maybe or Ed Ingram? Is it going to be a wide receiver? There's countless wide receivers available in all the rounds of the draft this year. Is it going to be a corner, maybe Tariq Woolen if he falls? Is it going to be a strong safety like Leon O'Neal if he falls? We don't know. Abraham Lucas might be there as a Washington State offensive tackle. But ultimately, it comes down to what are the Raiders going to do? They're probably going to draft that fast guy. Thornton, I think, was his last name. And we're going to see what they do. So the Raiders can be excited. They have the chance of having a complete offensive overhaul. But in the end, they are most likely going to be fourth in their division. So I'm not really sure what the Raiders are going to do to attack the growing strengths of the division. And it doesn't help that the AFC in and of itself is sacked. So the stronger you get, there's other teams also getting stronger, and your division is too. So let's see what the Raiders can do this year. Thank you for listening to the entire AFC West breakdown.